0: Right here, right now. And the Packers are going to the NFC Championship game! I am your host, Ben Krakowski, and I hope you guys are all doing well. This bye week was a good week for the Packers because we got healthy and we're gonna talk about that more later. Uh, just so you know I am a little sick, so I will have some tea here, uh, going in and out if I take a little breather every now and then. Just my throat is pretty rough, but uh, moving forward the Packers right now what I want to talk about is where the Packers are at in the NFC when it comes to the playoffs the Packers are the number two seed in the NFC and right now here are the current standings the Cardinals sit at the top of the NFC with a 10 and 2 record. The Packers are the number 2 seed right now over the Tampa Bay Bucks who are also 9 and 3 and the Packers have the edge over the Bucks right now because we have a better record in the NFC currently than the Bucks do. And then the Cowboys have the number 4 seed with a record of 8 and 4 and the Rams have a number 5 seed at 8 and 4. And for now that's really all that's worth talking about. Now, I truly don't believe the Packers need to worry about the rams coming out of nowhere to try and get this number one seed and that's what i really want to talk about right now is i want to talk about is there a chance and what kind of has to happen and what are the odds the packers can get this number one seed going into the playoffs and i don't think the rams are a team that the packers really should be afraid of because even though the rams could still win their division that's a possibility they probably cannot overtake the Packers for a chance at the number one seed because the Packers do have that head-to-head matchup, uh, which gives them the edge. And I just don't see the Packers losing two games and the Rams winning two games. So I just I just don't see that as a possibility. So that really leaves the top four seeds who are in the hunt to really be Competitive for that number one seed between the Cardinals, the Packers, the Bucks, and the Cowboys. So let's break down each of these teams' schedule. The Cardinals have two games, um, and that should be that should be fairly easy for them. They have an easy win against the Seahawks and the Lions, but the other three games the Cardinals have will not be teams they can just walk over. They have the Rams at home, the Colts at home, and have to play at Dallas. Now, those are three games that, yes, they could totally win them all. Uh, That's totally a possibility. But also, there's a good chance playing three really good football teams like that. You're going to drop at least one of those games. And I put their chances of winning each of those games maybe at like 66%. And those odds um, just are not high enough to the fact that the Cardinals would win every single one of those tough games. The Cardinals should lose a game, and that loss will be vital because, as we know, the Packers have the advantage with the tiebreaker to overcome the Cardinals for that number one seed. And so we need the Cardinals to lose at least one game, and I think they will between those three games, between the Rams, the Colts, and against the Cowboys. Now, moving on to the Cowboys, the Cowboys' schedule kind of looks like this. They have one win, for sure win, against the New York Giants. But after that, none of their games are for sure wins either. They probably have an easier schedule than the Cardinals do. They play Washington twice and the Eagles once, the other, the two other NFC East opponents who both have the opportunity to make the playoffs and are going to be fighting hard to do so. So those games will, no, will not be pushovers in any way. And then, like I said, they have a huge game for potential seeding against the Arizona Cardinals at home as well. As I was going through my own playoff machine, prediction machine, I did actually have the Cowboys, who have honestly been dealing with a lot of injuries throughout the season so far. They're starting. They're a team that's starting to get healthy. I have them going undefeated to end the season and giving them a record of 13-4. and four. And honestly, I as I was doing my playoff prediction machine, I thought the Cardinals would lose two of those games and also go 13-4. And Dallas would actually get that third seed, pushing the Cardinals all the way down to the four seed by the end of the season. The Cowboys, to me, are a very similar team to the Packers in that they have had a lot of guys who are about to be returning from injury. They just got Tyron Smith, Demarcus Lawrence back from injury. Uh, They've had injuries all over this offensive line. They seem to be healthy now. And with those returns, you have one of the top offenses in the offensive lines in the NFL with Tyron Smith playing the way he has this season. And then you have one of the top trios of pass rushers with DeMarcus Lawrence back. Um, and because the combination of DeMarcus Lawrence, who has been playing really well when healthy this season, and then Randy Gregory, who is returning from his calf injury as well. Lawrence, he's only played in a few games this season, but when he's played, he's had an elite 91.6 overall grade. Randy Gregory is, and rookie linebacker Micah Parsons both have been elite pass rushers. Then on top of that, this is, and then finally, this is one of the most opportunistic defenses in the NFL. They have the second highest percentage of opponents passes thrown for interceptions. And this offense for Dallas, it's it's so balanced. Behind that top offensive line, the the Cowboys can run the football with a dual backfield in Elliott and Pollard and then a trio of receivers. This Cowboys team is very, very good, and it's it's a big thought, but I think they finish out the season undefeated, moving to 13-4, and four, which means the Packers are going to need to win out as well if they're going to have a better record than the Cowboys and be able to secure that number one seed even – from Dallas. And then finally, there's the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks eh, probably have the easiest schedule of these other top teams in the NFC. They play the Panthers twice and the Jets once. Those are almost for sure wins. Those are some really bad football teams right now. Uh, but the Bucks do play the Saints again, who have been the Saints have been bad as of late, but for some reason, I don't understand how or why Sean Payton in the regular season, against the Bucs is amazing. Uh, I don't know how it has happened, but in the regular season, over the last two years, Sean Payton and the Saints have won the last three head-to-head matchups between the Bucs and the Saints. I, but I do not expect that to happen again. Uh, the one game the Bucs could lose would be this week's game against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have not played great as of late, but I could totally see them stealing a win from the Bucks, possibly, especially knowing the Bucks are not fully healthy yet. The Bucks still have Antonio Brown, Brown out for some suspension, two starting offensive linemen dealing with some injuries, which haven't put them at full health, and Ryan Jensen and Ali Marpet, cornerback Jamal Dean is dealing with a concussion right now, and cornerback Richard Sherman is recovering from a calf injury as well, and he is actually slotted in and preparing to not actually play cornerback with his return but to play a sort of safety role which is really scary to think about because the last hall of fame cornerback I remember switching from cornerback to safety was Charles Woodson late in his career and Woodson had just had some phenomenal final years of playing Green Bay and Oakland with that switch and just right there that's a lot of guys that they are getting back and really similar to last season, they could look like the best team in the NFL going into the playoffs, no matter what seed they end up getting. But those guys are not fully healthy yet. And that could mean the Bills could sneak that win in this next Monday night and give the Bucks a loss, which could be a little leeway the Packers need to secure that number one seed. And the Packers, honestly, of these four teams probably do have the easiest schedule of all. The Packers are going to be able to get to play each one of our divisional opponents. The Lions who have the Lions, who have one win. The Vikings, who just lost to the Lions, uh, but they will make it tough. Uh, I feel like the Packers have a close game against the Vikings every year, or they blow them out. And the Packers already had that close game, which they lost to the Vikings. And I think, I have a feeling playing the Vikings at home in Lambeau, I could see the Packers really blowing them out. And then... The Packers get to play the Bears, who just are not that good this Sunday. Then after that, the Packers get to play the Browns at home, which the Browns, they do have a very tough defense uh, and a very terrifying running game. But Baker Mayfield is just, he's honestly too hurt to consistently lead that offense to scoring drives. And then the Packers play the Ravens, who are probably the most well-coached team in the NFL. But Lamar Jackson, as of late, is not playing well. And the Ravens injuries just keep piling up. Now the Ravens have lost both of their starting cornerbacks in Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphreys out for the year and offensive tackle Ronnie Stanley as well. And and the big thing is when you get that low on your cornerback depth chart, it's hard to come back from. And I think that defense is going to begin to fall apart, which makes the Packers probably have a really good chance of going undefeated to end the season and getting that number one seed. And why is this number one seed so important? And it's it's two things. One is home field advantage. Yes, these are professional athletes athletes you are playing, but it's very hard to acclimate yourself to the cold weather of Green Bay in the middle of January for a lot of teams the Packers could face in the playoffs. And actually, every single team I just mentioned of those top four or five, five teams right now in the NFC. All of them are warm weather, some even indoor stadiums, and they don't have to deal with bad weather ever. Just the toughness that Green Bay has to have to win at home in Lambeau is, it's just different because these locations are Tampa Bay, Florida, Dallas, Texas, LA, California, Arizona. None, None of these players want to jump on a plane, come to Appleton, Wisconsin, and then drive over to Green Bay to stand outside in the cold. They just, they don't, nobody does. So there's that. And the other major reason is injuries. We know the Packers, like many teams I mentioned above, have some major players dealing with injuries who could come back and help this team. Jair Alexander just returned to practice for the first time on Wednesday of this week, meaning he has three weeks before the Packers will have to activate him. And I assume since he's practicing in some capacity, they plan to do that. And so I think it's safe to assume by week 17 at the latest, Jair Alexander will be playing in games for the Packers. But both David Bakhtiari and Zayre Smith still have not begun practicing. These are two other key players the Packers really need uh, to really take this team over the top. So these two guys could begin practicing next week or maybe even the week after. But if they if they do, uh, have a week a three week plan for them at practice to work up to a level in which they would be ready to play at a game, which might be the case we're talking about, if these guys don't start practicing for two weeks, then you're talking about waiting three more weeks after that till they can play. The Packers are going to want as much time as possible to give these three guys a chance to play in the playoffs. And so every week and every day off of delaying their need to return from injury is key in their recovery and in how helpful they will actually be to our football team as they're out there. And there there's other key injuries as well for the Packers who could play a key role. Preferred starting center Josh Myers needs all the time he can to return from his knee injury. Backup right tackle Dennis Kelly could be huge as well. And he has a knee injury. And now with Alkin Jenkins out the Packers really don't have any other options at right tackle if Billy Turner does go down with injury. So Dennis Kelly, I think could play a major role for the Packers. Then DeMonte Adams has had a hamstring injury that has kept him limited. We just got news today that Randall Cobb may be out for the rest of the season. It's not for sure yet, but he had a core muscle surgery. Um, we believe, and it's a similar injury. I'm assuming that to Alan Lazard had last season that kept him out for quite a while. And then Kevin King, Uh, has a slew of injuries. And I understand Kevin King is not ideal. I I know people don't want to see him out on the field, but his overall play this year has been much better than in the past. And if the Packers do deal with more injuries at the cornerback position, you want a veteran like King ready to step in. The Packers have a slew of injuries, All these guys I just mentioned could have a huge impact on this team, especially if the Packers face any more new injuries, which I would be surprised if they didn't with four more regular season games on the schedule. And I think that's probably the biggest reason why that buy is so important. It's one more game. Your guys don't have to play and have the chance of getting injured in. And with COVID, having home field advantage could be key because you could get tested the morning of from home to be able to drive over to the stadium to play. But if you have a positive test and then uh, but if you're tested positive for COVID and you're trying to get that in those two negative tests and then have to fly to Florida or Dallas or Arizona or LA, that's much more difficult to be able to get that flight in and it could make it a long shot to play in a game if you were trying to get back from COVID at the last minute. The buy is so important for the Packers. And luckily, it's a real option for the Packers to get that number one seed. And they pretty much have things working in their favor to do so because I think the chances the Packers go undefeated are higher, even higher, than the Cardinals going undefeated. And I think it's pretty likely that the Packers have a real, real chance here to go undefeated to end the season and the Cardinals to lose one game. And if that's the case, the Packers should be able to get that number one seed but they are going to have to win out to do so probably and so it starts this week with playing the Chicago Bears the Bears as of late have not played very well since the Packers last played the Bears the Bears have a record of just one and six including that Packers game the Bears have played close to a lot of teams but a lot of those losses have been pretty bad losses the Bears lost 38-3 to against the Bucs. The Bears lost to the Ravens with Tyler Huntley at quarterback. And the Bears barely beat the Lions 16-14 two weeks ago. Honestly, their best performance was probably just last week where they lost the Cardinals 33-22. And that was probably because Andy Dalton was playing. And I say that a 33-22 loss was probably their best game because that game I actually think should have been a lot closer had things not gone so wrong for the Bears Andy Dalton threw four interceptions in that game, and the Bears still only lost by 11 points, which I think is super impressive. Two of those interceptions were not even Andy Dalton's fault. It was mistakes receivers made, which resulted in interceptions, and which resulted after that in the Cardinals scoring three touchdowns on drives that started within the 30-yard line for the Cardinals, which is pretty hard to overcome. For any team and for a Bears defense, especially that has lost Khalil Mack to injury, I would have been very curious to see how this Bears game would have turned out had those two interceptions that were not Andy Dalton's fault. If they were not intercepted, if they were just caught and uh, how that game would have turned out, because that's 14 points off the board for the Cardinals, which obviously would have been enough for the Bears to win that game for Matt Nagy and maybe save his job. So the Packers cannot go into this game sleepwalking or the Bears could make this game close in Lambeau, which hopefully will not happen. This Bears team offensively probably will be starting Justin Fields rather than Andy Dalton on Sunday because Justin Fields seems to be back from injury and Andy Dalton is listed as doubtful for this game, which is at this point in time, honestly, is probably good for the Packers. Over the course of the season, Andy Dalton has definitely been the batter passer, and the Bears have consistently been an offense that is able to actually put up points with Andy Dalton at quarterback compared to Justin Fields. The offense which has struggled mightily this season may have Allen Robinson, their number one receiver returning from injury this week, and actually the news is the fact that he is going to play. And that could, that's going to provide a boost for this offense. He is not the same receiver as he has been because of a hamstring injury he's been facing, but he still provides a solid option at receiver, which they have few of in Chicago. Combine Allen Robinson with Darnell Mooney, who has continued to be productive in year two as a solid number two receiver for them. And this passing attack will probably look a lot more dynamic pretty quickly. Uh, but honestly... Um, that is only two options. Allen Robinson is going to be limited in some capacity. Their deep threat receiver, that number three guy they like in this offense, Marquise Goodwin, that downfield deep threat type of player is not going to be uh, uh, available for this game. I think he is now listed as doubtful as well or out. And so this offense, uh, what has to keep this Bears offense going if they're going to look good is got to be their running game. Against Arizona, the Bears ran the ball 25 times for 106 yards, averaging over four yards per carry, and this is a team that is determined to run the football for sure. Both David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert have both been very productive running backs this season, being two of the top 13 running backs in the NFL. These guys are weapons and guys who the Bears really want to get get the football to as much as possible. Montgomery, last week on top of his 20 rushes, also was targeted nine times in the in the passing game and this is a guy you have to know where he is on every single snap because they're going to target him they're going to get him the football and understandably so, because he was one of my favorite running backs coming out of that twenty nineteen NFL draft. I was very upset when the Bears were able to draft him in the third round. I thought that was just a steal for the player he is. And the the Bears are just going to try to get these two guys the football. And the Packers have to do a better job stopping the run, or this could be a tougher game for the Packers defensively than it should be. The Packers have to be able to stop the run this game and then After that, they have to get after Justin Fields. Fields, we know, holds the football longer than most QBs in the NFL. His average time to throw is almost at three seconds, which is one of the highest of any QBs in the NFL. And that's going to give the Packers a lot of chances to get pressure on him in this game and force him to make mistakes. Over the last two games, the Packers have gotten consistent pressure from their pass rush as they have been dominant against the top Offensive line in the NFL in that LA Rams game, pressuring Stafford on 37.5 percent of his dropbacks last week or two weeks ago, and then two games ago, uh, our pass rush was even better against the Minnesota Vikings, where they pressured Cousins on over 50 percent of his dropbacks. The Bears offensive line offensive line right now is probably right between these two. It's somewhere kind of in the in the early 20s late. Teens about how good it is, I'd say. Uh, and so the Packers should really be able to pressure Justin Fields probably over 40% of the time in this game. And that's just by rushing four. And I think that's going to work really, really good for the Packers. And the biggest weakness of this Bears offensive line is the center position, which is great for the Packers because defensive tackle Kenny Clark has played outstanding this season, especially against bad centers, literally blowing them up into the backfield. And I'll expect to see a lot of this that in this game because that is huge because not only just blowing up the center on every single play hurt justin fields because he's being pressured on every single play but also what it does is it it blows up that running game if if those are inside zone runs outside zone runs that whole the whole handoff Everything gets messed up when Kenny Clark blows up the backfield. And I bet you if you watch this game closely, he will do that consistently in this game. Probably one out of every five plays. If you just watch Kenny Clark, and it's hard not to because he's over the center on a lot of downs and he's going to blow up this backfield and I'm excited to watch it and Justin Fields if he, if he does that Justin Fields has been terrible under pressure this season he has a 30 he has a 28.4 passing grade under pressure and he is a he is one of those quarterbacks being a young quarterback who is worse when blitzed than when not blitzed so I would I would guess that the Packers are going to send blitzers at fields in this game and take a chance on hopefully him not getting out of the pocket. Maybe it's a blitz and it's a quarterback spy because, uh, Justin Fields is as athletic as he is, but look for the Packers to actually send some pressure in this game. Him being a young quarterback, not being able to understand where that pressure is coming from and knowing where to get the ball out to defensively for the bears. They This Bears defense is kind of in a bit of shambles at the current moment. Their best player, Khalil Mack, is out with injury, which really brings down this entire defense. Big-name players like Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, are playing some of the worst football of their careers as well. This defense is kind of just bad. It's the 28th-ranked defense by Pro Football Focus, the 26th-ranked run defense, 24th-ranked coverage unit. If there's anything to concern yourself when it comes to the Bears' defense is this pass rush. If healthy, they can get after the QB at times. And if they had Khalil Mack, this pass rush could be very, very special. With the trio of Robert Quinn, Akeem Hicks, and Travis Travis Gibson, all three of which have played very well this year as pass rushers. And I think if anything that would be the one thing the Packers do have to be aware of is their pass pro. Luckily, the Packers have done a great job at protecting Rodgers, uh, even though our offensive line has not played very well. Um, and they've been able to protect Rodgers protect mostly because of great play design and getting the ball out of Rodgers' hands very quickly. And I think the Packers will need to continue to get the ball out of Rodgers' hands on Sunday fast if they need to because the rest of this, I think they'll be able to do that pretty easily because the rest of this defense for the Bears, especially their corners, are just terrible. Uh, They have nobody really in their defensive back group who will be able to stop our passing attack consistently. And honestly, whatever the Packers want to do offensively, offensively, they should. Whether that's the quick game, running the football, I expect the Packers offense to look very efficient on Sunday. And I say that because the data backs that up. Since week one, if you get rid of that New Orleans Saints game, this is the number one offense in EPA this season. What's EPA? That's estimated points per play uh, added. Okay. And so this is one of, this is the most efficient offense when it comes to points per play. And I know it hasn't been what we wanted it to be because it, because it hasn't looked like it did in 2020. Because in 2020, it was dynamic. It was explosive. But technically speaking, it still is one of the best offenses in the NFL. And we still have not gotten back David Bakhtiari. We have still not gotten back our preferred starter at center, Josh Myers. We still have not gotten a fully healthy Aaron Jones. He was healthy enough to play last couple weeks ago, but I think he's going to look better this week. I think Aaron Aaron Rodgers coming back from that broken toe, It's he's not going to be fully healed but I have to imagine it's going to feel a little bit better and maybe he can even start practicing, which Rodgers did practice today, Friday. It's going to keep getting a little bit better and it's going to continue to look better than it even has and kind of start to continue to consistently look like it has the last couple of weeks. And the big thing here is we cannot compare the Green Bay Packers 2021 offense to the 2020 offense. And, I say that because if you look at the whole league last year in the midst of COVID um, the whole league played better offensively last year. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But one reason the Packers played so well last year is this is a team that was pretty much unaffected by COVID the entire season. And then on top of that, the Packers had one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, one of the oldest, most veteran quarterbacks who still is really efficient, really good quarterback. And when you have a guy at that capacity, that mental capacity, uh, he was going to be even more successful than he usually is in a COVID season where there are no fans um, than almost anybody. The the top two quarterbacks last year was Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Not in that order. Um, And they were the best quarterbacks because they were the smartest quarterbacks. And they, for the first time in their entire career, had zero fans to worry about. And so this year... It's a little bit different. We have fans back and uh, saying um, that's not a type of advantage. It is. It it was a huge advantage for the Packers having a quarterback like we do. Um, And so, yeah, every offense looked better. Every quarterback, every rookie quarterback, every young quarterback, they were able to handle the pressure because it really wasn't that much pressure because the fans were not there to make you really feel it. Okay? And that's happening this season. And so all offenses in the NFL – are way down they're all less efficient they're all less productive and on an epa level estimated points added per play the packers are up there as one of the best teams in the nfl like another major reason why offenses are coming downhill and why the packers offense is coming downhill as well is holding calls on offense were not called last season this is a huge thing i was talked about over the offseason but refs were not calling that as a penalty it was basically not called last season and some if you look at offensive linemen that really who struggled with holding early on in their career and then last season did not and had the they had the quote unquote best years game uh seasons of their career, this year if you look back at their stats again, they are not looking as good as they did last year. Um, And that's something that's happening a lot more. They're calling that again. That's making offensive lines not look as good as they did last season. And it's making entire offenses just not as productive at times. And so I think what's important is this is a productive offense. This is an offense that is being, is efficiently putting up points based off the amount of plays they have. Um, And this offense, as good as it should be, especially going up against a defense that's as bad as this various defense is the Packers Packers really should be putting up a lot of points on Sunday. The Packers were able to put up 30 plus points over the last two games. Um, and I expect the Packers to do that again on Sunday, especially against the Vikings, who I think have a better defense. And I think the Rams who have one of the best defenses in the NFL. So I think the Packers put up 30 plus points on Sunday. And I think Devonte Adams, MBS, both are going to get 10 targets each. Randall Cobb with that Randall Cobb out and I think MVS is going to light it up on the stat sheet one of these games and I think this might be the one. I think Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon are going to go off in this game and I think the Packers honestly really should stomp all over this Bears defense and defensively there's no reason why the Packers should not be able to hold this Bears team with Justin Fields at quarterback to 21 points or less even though The Packers gave up 34 points to the Vikings and 28 points to the Rams. This Bears offense is nothing close to either of those. The Bears will have David Montgomery and Allen Robinson active for this game. But over the course of the season, the Bears averaged just 16.8 points per game, which is 30th in the NFL. The offense overall is atrocious, and there's no reason the Packers should not shut them down in this game. I think the Packers win this game 35 to 21 and the Packers offense will finally be talked about just as much as as this defense has been talked about over the course of the season so far and Aaron Rodgers is going to look like his MVP self practicing for the first time in weeks and he's going to own the Bears so thanks for dealing with this podcast with my rough voice and that's all we have today folks make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers Now if you haven't already make sure to subscribe give me a review so i can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the game and gold because it's always Packers season at packers now